and welcome everyone to another wonderful episode of the Sports Unite podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6, The Fallout of the Super Bowl. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and week. Hope you're uh, staying warm. It's a tad bit chilly here in our uh, home studio uh, city where we record in Regina. It's been about minus 50 uh, Celsius, of course. Uh, I think at that point, it's almost the same Fahrenheit. Uh, but it's been pretty chilly all week. Uh, but that doesn't mean the sports stop, uh, doesn't interfere, well, most of the time with the internet. So we have sports galore, and we finished the NFL season. The Super Bowl has completed what a game, I guess. Uh, Some people would have said it was boring. Maybe the hype was just a little bit too much. It was essentially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Now we are a positive podcast here. So uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay. Uh, why, Why do we keep counting him out? I mean, it's fun, especially for me to hate on him. Just because he's won so much, but you can't deny that he is, you know, 7 out of 10. That's crazy. He has more Super Bowls than any other team in NFL, so he is his own team. I mean, when uh, Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, no one counted them out. They went to two Super Bowls, 1-1. One, one. Why, uh, why as soon as Tom Brady goes to another team do we expect that uh, someone else is going to win the NFC and win the Super Bowl? Because... Looks what happens. We get a Super Bowl champion uh, out of Tom Brady again. Uh, and uh, he celebrated the heck out of that, throwing the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat. Um, Florida's been rocking the championship uh, caliber teams. That's three teams that have gone to the uh, championship of their respective leagues, and uh, two of them have won it. So. I mean, Florida's on a roll. Tampa Bay's on a roll. Uh, can't deny that. Congratulations. It was, uh, I mean, well-deserved. They they played the heck out of it, had a great game plan, and uh, you can't not be happy with that. Uh, the Chiefs, on the other hand, just fell flat. Patrick Mahomes did everything he could to try and win, to try and propel his team to another championship and it just wasn't going to to get done nine points is not going to win you a a super bowl unless you're the patriots uh in that horrible game a few years ago but uh congratulations again to the tampa bay buccaneers and uh you know now we have to debate of course the goatus goat great can't wait for that And that's essentially the news of the week. Nothing else really happened, of course. Uh, we're going to head to some news that will unite us all. So this week in news that will unite us all, uh, Greenwood High School won a state championship in football. Uh, and uh, they're spreading the love. Jamie, who has been working with the team since 2019, has cerebral palsy. Never got a chance to play sports growing up, uh, which is a, very much a big shame, and uh, I, I think that's changing nowadays, uh, but he wasn't able to participate. Uh, he does uh, 
work for the high school and work for the football team. And uh, he's an integral part of their team. And because they won the state championship, they celebrated with Jamie. And he now is the proud owner of a championship ring since he is a part of the team, which is a great story to see. And if you uh, head to the social media and look for his photo. He looks absolutely thrilled to be uh, a member of the championship team. So congratulations to the Greenwood High School and to Jamie for helping out the team be the best they could and win a championship. And of course, not shocking at all, Alex Smith won Comeback Player of the Year. I don't think there was any doubt that uh, he would not win it. And uh, I probably am for changing the name to the Alex Smith uh, comeback player of the year award or just the Alex Smith award but that is not what is making us uh, happy and uniting us go watch the video of course we can't couldn't celebrate in person at the NFL awards so they made a tribute video getting past teammates uh, players of the NFL uh, past coaches just watching uh, saying congratulations and then his wife at the end just talking about the struggles and what it meant to them. It's a very touching video. You get to watch his reaction. You get to watch uh, who's in it. So I go watch the video. You might cry. That's okay because it's a beautiful story. Congratulations, Alex, and to all the other NFL award winners. Uh, you deserved it in a year that is never going to be forgotten. Now with the Super Bowl every single year, comes the commercials. Sometimes there are people who watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials or the halftime show. Uh, that's cool, I guess, more viewers. Uh, so we're gonna do a put it on the board and we're gonna count down our top 10 favorite commercials from this year. Now this year there were 69 <laughs> commercials uh, in the Super Bowl. Some were okay. Uh, there were less commercials this year than there were um, the year before, obviously with COVID and everything making it a little bit hard to film commercials. Still got 69 commercials uh, in the bag, so uh, a lot of they're a mixed bag this year, not so uh, not so great. I'm not going to lie, it was a little tough trying to get uh, kind of the bottom of the 10. Uh, so yeah, here's our uh, top 10 Super Bowl commercials. Uh, for 2021 or the 2020 season. At number 10, we got the Bass Pro and Cabela's commercial. It wasn't anything uh, you know extraordinary. It wasn't an expensive commercial, but you know all the imagery and just the voiceover made me want to go outside. Made me couldn't wait to go camping. Obviously, I did not go outside because it's minus a billion. And I did not want to freeze. So I just stayed inside. But imagine what it would be like to take a nice stroll. Have the summer or spring breeze. Go uh, see wildlife. Walk in a forest. It, it made me excited for the spring and summer that is coming. Uh, so congratulations Bass Pro Shop and uh, Cabela's. You, your commercial worked. I haven't bought anything or gone to your store. But... Uh, I would say your commercial half worked and if I do need any outdoor gear I'm probably gonna buy maybe one thing from you because it's expensive. Uh, Guinness. 
Uh, Guinness doesn't necessarily have to have commercials because they're so worldwide known, but they got who I consider one of the goats uh, or was in the argument to be the goat, uh, Joe Montana, uh, giving a motivational speech. And uh, who doesn't need a motivational speech these days? Uh, It encourages you. And this commercial specifically got you excited about the future. What uh, hopefully is in the near future, what we're all looking forward to, traveling, being with people, hugging. Uh, You know, if you need a motivational speech, go listen to that. It's a quick commercial and it's Joe Montana. So you're going to listen to what Joe Cool has to say because he's Joe Cool. Montana, you know one of the greatest so go listen to his motivational speech it uh it really gets to you now this commercial will be so much higher if it actually did get to air they aired the uh gwen stefani version and i get the premise it just didn't hit as well for that one but my number eight is the tom brady gronk 5g t-mobile commercial uh just the whole premise uh the premise works And you could apply it to lots of different situations, different celebrities, conversations. But the Tom Brady Gronk one, where they talk about, uh, oh, you're retired, you should go relax in the sun. But because they're not on T-Mobile, the spotty connection makes it seem like Gronk is saying, oh, go to Florida, get the sun, you're, uh, you're washed up. And making Tom come back and win a Super Bowl. So I think it's well, well done. And I think if they could use it and not have it banned, obviously understand why. But it's very, very funny. Go watch it. Uh, it, it beats two other ones that aired. So it uh, would have definitely been in the top five had it been an official uh, commercial. Number seven. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? It was so good to see my old friends, Big Bird, Grover, all the Muppets from Sesame Street and uh, David Diggs uh, who's a wonderful artist Uh, if you haven't seen him in Hamilton obviously watch Hamilton or Snowpiercer on Netflix it's a great great show but David Diggs wonderful artist can make anything sound so cool and you put that with Sesame Street it just works Uh, and they're using the neighborhood kind of angle for uh, DoorDash uh, it, yeah, it works. It's really cool. Uh, the music's grooving along, and uh, that's our number seven. Our number six is the Jessica Long story. This is obviously every single year. There's always some creative uh, ways to do commercials. This was so well done, so creative. It was about Jessica Long, who is a Paralympian who was adopted. Uh, by her family and uh, a very successful Paralympian and a swimmer and you see her swimming and they make sets around where she's swimming through kind of the the home the hospital it's so so cool and it's very inspiring with very little words to it it's not a motivational speech or anything it's really really cool and you kind of forget who the commercial is for it's for Toyota so we give them credit really really creative and that's what it's all about the main focus is Jessica Long so you get our number six spot on the board and we hope that you keep on making creative emotional
commercials, especially heading into an Olympic and Paralympic year. Alright, we've hit our top five, and our number five is Rocket Mortgage. They usually have commercials, uh, and they're usually so-so. They're up and down pretty much every year. This year, they nailed it with you have to be certain, not pretty sure, which is a good thing to do when you're looking for a house or a mortgage. Uh, anyways, Tracy Morgan, has a, uh, their, a family comes into a house, and he's in a bathtub, and they go, I'm pretty sure we can afford this house, and you have to be certain and they go through so many different scenarios from, you know, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to run away from a bear. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is a parachute when jumping out of a plane. I'm pretty sure I could beat up Dave Batista. I'm not, I can't beat up Dave Batista. Not even gonna attempt that. I would like to meet Dave Batista. So if you are listening and want to come on the podcast, you always have a open arm welcome chair virtually in person. If you're ever in Regina, please stop on by. Uh, but yeah, definitely can't beat them up. But it's a very creative commercial. Uh, super, super funny. That's what Super Bowl commercials should be. Motivational, tell a story, or funny. The, the ones that aren't all any of that have an element of that. You're, you're threatened sometimes it works, but a lot of the time, as we'll talk about the worst commercial, uh, it just doesn't work. Our number four, Twas the Night Before Super Bowl. Now, this came out a few days before, as some of those commercials do, and it was great. It's uh, Beast Mold, Marshawn Lynch, telling us the story of Night Before Super Bowl, and it it kind of resonates, at least with uh, this podcast here, and I know definitely some of our uh, guests who feel it, you get that... It's all like the night before Christmas. It, you get that excitement that, oh man, Super Bowl's tomorrow. I can't wait. Especially after this year, we didn't think we would get here, yet we did. And it's a creative uh, commercial from Frito-Lay's, so not just Doritos, Lay's, a whole bunch of their lineups. And it gets you talking and excited. And it's a very unique commercial, and it's fun. Again, that one of those three elements, it's fun. You get to see... Uh, players of old it that's what we need we need fun commercials this year and it uh, hits the spot number three of course my heart went a flutter when i saw these in store 3d doritos are back if you did not know this was something from my childhood oh every single weekend i loved the 3d doritos they were so fun think that's probably where my love of Doritos came from so uh, shout out to Doritos Doritos Canada Doritos USA uh, big fan there's always a bag of some form of Doritos in the house in the podcast studio uh, it, they're all over the place but when I saw 3d Doritos back in store I'm pretty sure I shouted way too loud and everyone around me kind of looked away from me including my wife but it's fine uh but 3d doritos are back if you haven't picked any up i swear i, I wish we were sponsored by doritos my that would be fantastic so doritos if you're listening big fan would love a sponsorship doesn't even have to be money if you just gave me doritos see look you don't even give me doritos and i'm already giving you quality airtime. so keep doing the great job but 
The number three on our put it on the board is 3D Doritos Flat Matthew. This is very creative again. Uh, Flat Matthew. It was actually a prop bet. Uh, who would be Flat Matthew for the Doritos commercial? Would it be uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey? Which it was. So if you bet uh, on Matthew McConaughey being in the commercial, congratulations. And he goes around kind of feeling very flat and thin until, of course, he gets into a uh, vending machine of 3D Doritos, eats it, and then puffs back out to be 3D. So 3D Doritos get our number three spot, and uh, I think there are probably two bags of 3D Doritos in the house right now. So uh, go pick up some, because obviously it's going to be limited time, and then it's ketchup Dorito time. Okay, that's enough uh, free sponsorship for you. Uh, next time's going to cost you Doritos. Number two, it was a coin flip because the top two were very, very well done. Like, hands down, very, very, probably the best commercials we will see all year and best we've seen in a while. So number two, I just, I watched them both a couple of times and the number one just slightly edged it out. Uh, but number two was for Alexa featuring Michael B. Jordan. And every time someone asked Alexa, Michael B. Jordan would be there and his soft, sultry voice would just, it, it caused me to go whew, and get swooned and uh, feel all nauseous and hot and didn't know what was happening. I mean, Michael B. Jordan will do that to you. Uh, but imagine if Alexa, you could change the voice to almost anyone. It'd be so cool. Uh, very hard on the people doing the voices. But uh, it was very... Uh, telling Alexa, no, don't do that, Alexa. You know, put your shirt back on, Alexa, because it was Michael B. Jordan. So, so very, very funny. Also, he has really blue eyes. I don't know if you've noticed that, but... Um, Michael B. Jordan, if you ever uh, would like to come on the podcast or just record some voiceover work, totally for professional reasons. Very good work. Very, very creative. Very funny. Uh, I loved it. So you get the number two spot on our on our list. And number one spot, the best Super Bowl commercial from 2021, Super Bowl 55, Will Ferrell, Aquafina. Keenan Thompson and the electric car versus Norway. Uh, this is a big push by GM for uh, creating, I think, 25 or 30 new electric vehicles by 2025. That's a big initiative. But you'd learn something that Norway is pretty much the leader in electric cars. Pretty cool. Uh, and uh, it makes Will Ferrell angry. So angry, in fact, that he wanted to go to Norway to fight and punch Norway in the face. Dear sweet old Norway, no one's no one's hurt Norway before. Uh, so he gets his friends, Keenan Thompson, who's at his daughter's birthday party, which is pirate themed, uh, didn't have time to change. Aquafina did not believe him that uh, Norway is beating the US. And uh, he takes a shipping crate where the others uh, just take the car. And uh, he ends up in Sweden and not Norway, and just gets angrier. Uh, it's super fun, uh, and if you haven't seen in the past day or two, a university in Norway uh, sent an apology video to Will Ferrell and the U.S. for beating them. 
where they outline other things that they probably beat the U.S. in but totally don't want to rub their noses in. And it's uh, just the response is so very funny. And I can see collaboration in the future. Uh, Will Ferrell going there, talking with the president. It's very, very fun. That's, again, the key word here is fun. That's what the Super Bowl commercials are. If they're fun, funny, creative, people are going to remember that commercial. And then people, whether it sells your product or not, I don't know. Is that the point of the Super Bowl commercial? To sell product or get your name out there? I mean, The weekend didn't get any money from his performance, spent $7 million of his own money, and everyone's talking about his performance. Uh, let's just jump into the halftime show review. I'm going to give it 9.5 stars. I know it's very divisive. Not a lot of people enjoyed it. The sound was at times a little bit hard to hear. But what a perf- like what a show, what a stage, the dancing, the the mirror maze which instantly became a meme. That's the thing. This is the show that you put on when you don't have a full stadium. The reason why there's always a field performance and the stage comes together, it's very uh, just all eyes in the middle. This was immersive. This brought you everywhere inside the stage, down on the field, on top of the stadium. It brought you everywhere. The dancers, the just so this is the type of show that you can do again when there's not a full stadium. You will, we will not get a performance like this in a long, long time because the stadium had the space. When you have a jam-packed stadium, you don't have as much creativeness and abilities like the weekend did. It was so creative. You, when have we seen a show like that? Never. Michael Jackson was the closest with the the doppelgangers, uh, you know, Lady Gaga jumping off the roof uh, when she performed. Other than that, everyone just kind of ends up on the stage, uh, you know, comes out of nowhere or runs on from the field. The, The creativeness, the dancing, just that was a show. And that is what the halftime Super Bowl performance is. You put on a show for 14, 15 minutes. You sing as much as you can. And he packed a lot in there. Dance routines. He disappeared, reappeared, came from the top of the screen, down to a stage, up on top of the stage, in the mirror maze, down on the field. He was everywhere. That was so well-timed, choreographed. I mean, the sound could have been a little bit better, but he was you could tell he was singing live. It wasn't pre-recorded. It wasn't, uh, you know, a Red Hot Chili Peppers debacle where they have to, you know, sound perfect so they lip sync essentially or don't plug in their their instruments. So I give 9.5. That was definitely on one of the better ones that we will see. Of course, we're only two years into this decade, so uh, it's probably going to be remembered at the end of the decade for Super Bowl performances, and it's definitely up there for Super Bowl performances since the year 2000. We went last episode. If you want to hear our top 10 previous ones, go uh, go take a listen. Obviously, the Super Bowl halftime show didn't become what it did until uh, you know after uh, you know 2003. So not. Uh, not that much. Uh, it's fairly new. So uh, we liked it. I loved it. Hands down, weekend. Canadian boy. 
brought the creativity and showed what kind of artist he can be. And he spent his own money. You can't blame him for wasting money. He spent his own money, put his stamp seal of approval on it. And uh, this person right here was very, very amused. So congratulations. I've watched it, I think, three times by now. And it gets better more that you watch it. You get to, to see, you know what's happening. You get to appreciate the dance moves, the choreography, the timing. How much timing and practice that would have had to take. It's it's just very, very good. 9.5 out of 10. Uh, and it's uh, going to be one that we're going to remember. And uh, just a quick note. On that worst commercial, I think we all know what the worst Super Bowl commercial was this year. I just, what the heck, Oatly? I mean, there's always a, a few companies or at least one where you're like, I've never heard of you before, so you know you might be new, but you, you wasted, I don't want to say wasted, but you, you spent $5 million for your CEO to sing about oat milk in a field badly i i we don't want to be negative on the sports united podcast certainly but that was a interesting choice um I, it's got people talking so i'll give you that you maybe it is uh money well spent so who am i to talk i mean you got a super bowl commercial and we don't even have a sponsor so uh Good job getting uh, word of mouth all over America and the world. So uh, go check it out if you haven't. Uh, there is also a very good uh, website that if you have not seen any Super Bowl commercials, I know here in Canada we get we get some of them now. Before it used to be hardly any. Uh, but they still don't show us all of it. Uh, we have to still seek it out on online, which is crazy. But just type in Super Bowl commercials, and it's generally the first website. Uh, might sound a little sketchy, but uh, you can check out years past as well, and they rank them based on fan favorites. So go check it out, all the Super Bowl commercials, all 69 of them, uh, even Oatly's. And uh, then go check out the weekend's performance uh, and jam out to it. We're going to head to our Olympic coverage now. We're going to feature... A lot of people's favorite sport, and it's a very global sport these days, basketball. A sport that uh, was dominated by a few countries, but recently uh, more and more, are, it's becoming a global game. It's not just a North American game anymore. Of course, basketball created by Canadian Dr. James Naismith, just outside of my hometown in Almont, Ontario. Go check out a tiny, quaint little Almont. It's a very, very nice uh, town to go visit. A beautiful drive out to there. And uh, you can go check out his homestead. So uh, for the first time, we will have two different events in basketball. The traditional, what you think of, five-on-five -five team uh, basketball. And three-on-three -three basketball, which is uh, really rising up the ranks. I didn't realize how popular it was, but... Uh, since 3-on-3 three three is brand new, there's no history to it, uh, that's that's the history. Welcome to the big show. Basketball was a first a demonstration sport in 1904 uh, at the Olympics, but officially became part of the program in 1936. Yes, the famous Berlin Olympics. 
Uh, the first Olympians played on a tennis court in Berlin, and Dr. Naismith was actually there to present the medals to the three winning teams, which is pretty, pretty cool. I have not found a video, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere, m maybe. The U.S. was very, very dominant in the early until we had another controversial ending in the 72 final, where the U.S. thought they had won the game, but the refs put more time on the clock when they were playing the Soviet Union. Full court pass and quick basket gave the game to the Soviets. The event continued to be amateur until the 1992 Olympics, where we get the dream team and uh, took over the Olympics, I believe, in Spain of that year. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, The Last Dance, it's featured in there. Go take a look at behind-the-scenes stuff with Michael Jordan. Of course, go watch The Last Dance. And listen back to some of our podcasts where we review every single episode of The Last Dance when it came out. But also, not to be forgotten, there was the other Dream Team, which is another amazing documentary about the Lithuanian team. Go watch that documentary if you haven't uh, right after you listen to this podcast. The women's event first joined the Olympics at the 76 Games in Montreal and had been dominated by the Soviet Union. They won the first two before the U.S. took over uh, the next two. The unified team of 1992, uh, made up of former Soviet Union uh, countries, won that. And ever since 1996 Atlanta Olympics, it has been USA, USA all the way and they have a 48-game win streak currently going. And a fun fact, Canada and Mexico won silver and bronze respectfully in, these, in those 1936 Olympics, and the only time the U.S. men's team has not medaled at the Olympics is when they boycotted in 1980. After the boycott of 1980, the U.S. women's team have always been on the podium as well. So ever since 1980, it seems like it's been USA dominant, which it pretty much has. How to qualify. We will do the main teams first, uh, and then we'll get into the three-on-three because three it's quite interesting. On the men's side, 12 teams participate in the tournament. Japan gets a slot for being the host country. One spot goes to each FIBA uh, governing body. Uh, FIBA is the governing body for basketball itself, uh, but then there are you know FIBA Africa, Asia, uh, Oceania, uh, Americas. So uh, they have different regional FIBA uh, locations as well. So one spot goes to each of those uh, governing bodies out of Africa, Asia, and the Oceania region. Two spots go to FIBA Americas and FIBA Europe. So we are up to eight teams. There are four last chance qualifying tournaments for teams to get in. They are all based on the geographic locations that I mentioned. So far, Nigeria has one spot for the FIBA Africa. Argentina and the US have the FIBA America spots. Iran got the FIBA Asia spot. France and Spain got the FIBA Europe spots. And Australia got the FIBA Oceania spot. The last chance qualifier tournaments have yet to be played because of you know what. Uh, and they are scheduled for late June 2021. And it seems promising that they will actually get on way. So there is that. The women's side also features 12 teams just like the men. Japan gets a automatic spot as host. One spot goes to the winner of the 2018 FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup. The U.S. won that. 
Unlike the men, however, where its spots are done via tournaments based on geography, they have pre-tournaments based on the geography. And the winners of those pre-tournaments go into a kind of one of three qualifying tournaments. If that didn't make sense, uh, that's pretty much because that's how I read it at first. So they have, based on the geography, so FIBA Americas, Oceania, Europe, uh, they have pre-tournaments. So you have to qualify basically to move on. So you win those geography-based tournaments, you get thrown into a pool, just kind of like soccer does for drawing uh, different pools, and you can be drawn into one of three qualifying tournaments. Now there are 16 teams that get into those three qualifying tournaments. They're divided into four groups based on who has advanced through those pre-tournament uh, winners. Normally, each pool would advance three teams, but because USA and Japan made it to those three qualifying tournaments, some of the pools uh, with those teams would only qualify two. All of the uh, teams have qualified, so there's no last chance qualifiers. Uh, so in Pool A, uh, Pool A qualified Canada and Belgium. Japan was also in this group, so only two teams advance. In Pool B, uh, we qualified, we qualified, uh, the qualifiers were France, Australia, and Puerto Rico. Very, very cool. In Pool C, Pool C qualified Serbia and Nigeria. U.S. was also in this group, and they won the group, uh, no surprise there. And Pool D qualified China, Spain, and South Korea. So there we go. Uh, we have uh, our 12 teams competing in the Olympics. Three on three. Oh boy, get your popcorn ready because this is going to be fun. Let's see if I don't screw this up. Three on three. There are only eight spots up for grabs in both events, which is pretty straightforward. Japan is only guaranteed one spot between the women's and the men's, and it went to the men's side. The top four teams based on rankings nationally for both men's and women's earn a spot. So pretty simple four because the men's side was uh, uh, Japan qualified uh, for the men's side only the three top ranked teams get in on the men's side both sides will have a FIBA Olympic qualifying tournament so this is a little different than uh, the other tournaments uh, and a country that has already qualified cannot qualify another team so it's one per country this tournament will have 20 teams in those 20 teams, it will be one host country, the three highest placed team from the FIBA 3-on-3 World Cup that have not qualified, and then the 16 highest ranked teams from there on. On the women's side, Japan will get one of those 16 spots because it is the host of the Olympics, so they want Japan uh, the best opportunity to qualify. The remaining one spot, so uh, we will have three teams from that uh, FIBA Olympic qualifying tournament advance. So that means there is one spot left. Hold on to your butts. The remaining one qualifying spot on both sides will be filled by the 2020, now 2021, FIBA Universal, oh my, Universality Olympic qualifying tournament. Why they couldn't just call it something else, uh, I don't know. 
But this will be a six-team tournament, and again, any nation that has qualified already cannot get a second team. Also, any nation that featured a men's or women's basketball team at the 2012 or 2016 Olympics cannot play in this U-O-Q-T. Call it that because it's a lot simpler to say. It will be a host nation plus five teams on the world ranking list. Japan will get a spot at this tournament if it has not already qualified from the previous chances. And it can participate at the UOQT even though their women's team played at the 2016 Olympics. Whew, you don't want to know how many times I had to record that. Uh, don't have a blooper reel. I probably left a mistake in there uh, a little while ago. Uh, hashtag don't care right now. Uh, if that was very confusing and you don't understand, hit us up on our social media page, Sports Night Podcast uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Sports Night Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us the old-fashioned way, if you will. Uh, we do have Twitter, too. Not very active on Twitter. Uh, Twitter's already a little interesting, so don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, but uh, we do have our Twitter as well, SportsNightPod1 uh, on Twitter, so hit us up if you do not understand what the heck just happened or said. So, uh, yeah. Uh, for the men's and women's team tournament, they will be split into three groups, and the top two will advance, and the two best third-place teams will advance into the quarterfinals. The three-on-three tournament is TBD. The 2016 Olympics at the Rio Games, we had another U.S. sweep of gold. On the men's side, it was U.S. uh, gold, Serbia silver, and Spain the bronze. On the women's side, U.S. gold, Spain silver, Serbia bronze. We almost had the same result on both sides. Serbia has been a force to reckon with in the basketball world recently, and Spain not far behind them, France, Argentina as well. Countries to look out for. Canada on the rise. Probably not there quite yet, but uh, almost there. So that is basketball. And to finish up, we have a fun kind of uh, interesting new segment. Players you didn't know or you didn't know. Don't know what to to call this one yet, but uh, we're going to focus on players you didn't know won a championship. And of course, this is going to be Super Bowl edition because this... Uh, podcast again seems to be football oriented uh, my apologies if uh, that bothers you if it does well you're probably not even listening to so in our segment did you know uh, we're gonna go through uh, since the year 2000 because this was a heck of a lot of researching and just so many names so much screen time my eyes really really hurt so uh We're going to start with the 99 Rams. Of course, uh, the Super Bowl that happens in the year 2000 is really from the 99 season, but you can't not start with the greatest show on turf. Uh, Can't forget the greats like Falk, Bruce, and Holtz. But did you know it also featured Orlando Pace, London Fletcher, and Cameron Spikes? If you know football, those names blast from the past. We head to the 2000 Ravens. Main players, you know... uh, the Lewises, uh, of course, uh, but Jonathan Ogden, Priest Holmes. How could you forget Priest Holmes? Matt Stouffer, Adelius Thomas. Uh, when I was reading through those names, sometimes you really have to click on the people if you're kind of like, I, I remember that name. But when you have names like Priest Holmes that just jump out, you're like, ah, oh, man, right. 
2001, Charlie Weiss uh, was offensive coordinator and Romeo Cornell defensive coordinator. Like, just even the coaches sometimes. 2002 Bucks, Martin Gramatica, the kicker. Do you remember that guy? Usually the names that stick into your heads. Of course, it's the weird names that you remember uh, that just kind of stick into your mind. Uh, 2003 Pats, Richard Seymour. Asante uh, Samuel, Asante uh, Samuel, remember? And Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans coach, I forgot, completely played for the Patriots and won two Super Bowls. Uh, the next year, I mean, let's be real, it's the, pretty much the same people known. Yeah. Uh, 2005, Antoine Randall L. Who forget? He was just in the new. Ran. Ugh, like, ugh. Nate Washington, Ike Taylor, Willie Parker. Just, it's almost getting into like, you know, you grew up with these people and they won championships. You played them on Madden. And of course, we're getting into 2005, 2006. That's when Madden became what it is today. The start of the rise. Everyone's starting to buy it year after year. The 2006 Colts, Dominic Rhodes, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, of course. Uh, they also drafted that year Joseph Adai, Ben Utech. Like, uh, this could go on forever. 2007 Giants, Amani Toomer, O.C. Yuminura. Nailed that name. Heck yeah, Amon Bradshaw. Lawrence Tynes. If you didn't know, I've met Lawrence Tynes. Have his autograph. He used to be the kicker for the Ottawa uh, Renegades, uh, the second iteration of the Ottawa team, not the Ottawa Red Blacks, who are there now. Uh, but he was the kicker when uh, I went to the uh, flag football championships, won the Ottawa tournament, got to meet Lawrence Tynes. And uh, a few years later, he's kicking uh, in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. 2008 Steelers, uh, never forget James Harrison. I just have to throw that out there. If you've forgotten about him, never forget him because he will uh, hunt you down. He's probably doing some chin-ups uh, with the 50-pound... Uh, just plates hanging from him because he's ready to play. And Bruce Arians was offensive coordinator. Hmm. Hmm. Bruce Arians. Where have I heard that name before? Uh, that's a joke. 2009, Jeremy Shockey, who won with the Giants, won again with the Saints. Malcolm Jenkins, Reggie Bush did win a championship. Many people forget that. Uh, 2010, this year Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. I completely forgot that he left the Raiders and went to find a championship, and he found it with the Packers. The Giants again in 2011, and back up to Eli Manning, David Carr. No idea David Carr went to a championship. 2012, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Jones, Michael Orr of the blind side. I know it was a big deal when they went to the championship. Of course, beat my team, but... Uh, the great Justin Tucker, deserved of a championship because he's a, just a great, great kicker. 2013 Seahawks, Dan Quinn was defensive coordinator. Robert Sala, new coach of the Jets, uh, was on the coaching staff. Canadian Luke Wilson and John Ryan, who's just signed back with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because he's a hometown boy of the province. Bobby Wagner, uh, just so many teams. 2014. Jimmy G won a lot. 2015, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, 
Remember those quarterbacks? They got big contracts after this, and uh, I don't think they're in the league. Vernon Davis, the hardest working tight end to come out of the early 2000s. What a guy. 2016, Jacoby Brissett. Encore. 2018, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, that name sounds like it was long, long ago. Not so much. 2019, Terrell Suggs was on the Chiefs. I completely forgot him. Those just last year just blew past me. And 2020, we reached 2020. First, Byron Lefwich. Do you remember the Jags quarterback, Byron Lefwich? He was offensive coordinator. And our dear friend Antoine Randall L. was an assistant uh, for the offense. Uh, again, one. All three quarterbacks behind Brady. Blaine Gabbert, Drew Stanton, and Ryan Griffin. Do those names sound familiar? Blast from the past? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they are... Super Bowl champion, Blaine Gappert. LaShawn McCoy won another Super Bowl. He played and won last year with the Chiefs, won it again. He didn't play in either game. A.B., Antonio Brown. Whew. Uh, Canadian, Anthony Auclair. Another tight end. Uh, John Franklin. Now, if you don't know, remember who that is. If you've ever watched Last Chance U, He's the first player from Last Chance U to appear and win in uh, Super Bowl. Go check out Last Chance U. There are five wonderful seasons. Uh, they changed schools, and there is a Last Chance U basketball coming out in March next month. It's going to be so crazy. I love those shows so, so much. Uh, the first two seasons is just crazy. Uh, the last Last Chance U uh, season was okay. Um, didn't really have the same... Gravitas, but uh, it gets better as the season goes on. So uh, go watch those right now after this podcast. Uh, and of course, Indomitian Sue, uh, polarizing player, if you will, uh, won a championship. It was a very much a reason why Tampa Bay won. And uh, yeah, if any of those names blast from the past, let us know on our social media or email us. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening week in and week out. Uh, it's so encouraging to see uh, the numbers go up. It makes it worthwhile. Again, this is just a passion project, and we love hearing from you. It makes it better when uh, you guys, the listeners and the fans, interact with us. So, again, hit us up on social media. Tell us what you want to hear. Is there a sport you want us to do a deep dive on? We have some of those coming up. Uh, we're also in contact with some athletes, so we are going to get uh, more interviews, and we're finally going to be starting our fandom series. We had to kind of scrap the questions, redo them, and uh, we are getting on that. So uh, that's coming down in the next few episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a wonderful week, weekend. Enjoy hockey. Enjoy, enjoy basketball. And whatever you are doing, do it safe. Stay warm if it's really, really cold where you are. Uh, if not, spring is just around the corner. The groundhog said so, so you can't deny the groundhog. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and sport on.